You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It is Tech Fan Podcast number 282. I'm Tim Robertson, and hey, there's David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you this fine, fine uh, Friday afternoon? I'm pretty tired. It's been a really long week. I was on a training course for most of this week, and it was one of those boot camp ones, so um, long days. Yeah, that that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Well, you know what? It's when you do those sorts of things, you never know how much about the topic you already understand. So uh, you don't know how much, how hard you're going to find it. This one, I found that I actually pretty much knew most of what they were talking about already. So um, it probably wasn't as intense as it could have been, but nevertheless, it still was very long days, and um, a lot of tra- travel to and from there as well because I was staying down there. So um, yeah, it's just been a long week. It's uh, been a long day already for me. It's uh, quarter after 11, Friday, uh, as we start recording this, uh, December 9th, 2016. And the time is. Um, the problem is I woke up at 4.30. I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I looked outside, and it looked like there was a lot of snow, but it looked like it wasn't snowing anymore, so I turned on the light on the back deck and it's just pouring snow just pouring (laughs) and i thought oh boy (laughs) and of course consequently no school for the kids today they got a school day or they got a snow day so cole is actually uh, real close to me right now uh, playing on his ipad which he got for his birthday wow Yep, he's happy. He got a uh, it's it's an iPad three. Yeah, um, it was still in the box. Uh, really good uh, friend sent it over uh, specifically mm-hmm. so we can give it to Cole for his birthday. That's very nice. Guy named Sam Levin. You might remember him. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know Sam always has all the latest tech toys, and that was something he literally had sitting. He said he pulled it out once but it was never used hmm. and so it was brand new and he sent wow. that with a case and a keyboard and you like it don't you buddy yes could you hear him i did yeah yeah do you want to come on the podcast for a minute and talk to me let's see if he'll come over you gotta you gotta bring that with you yeah, cause the uh-huh. can't pause. okay well what do you come up here towards the microphone okay so tell me this game that you're playing right now what is this Slither I.O. Slither I.O. What do you do in Slither I.O.? It looks like you're eating... Yeah, you eat these bulbs, and you um, if another snake tries to come towards you, you try to make them eat part of your skin, but not your face. Oh, so you like don't want someone one, to eat your like face? That one, it, um, I don't want it to eat me. I'm just trying to stay away from them. And if they hit your body, they die? Yeah, and then you could eat their guts. And you eat their guts? Yeah, and then you get bigger. And you get bigger if you eat their guts? Yeah. Well, that sounds like a fun game. Do you like it? Yes. So what do you think of this iPad that you have here? You it's like amazing. it? It's amazing. It's amazing? Yeah. What do you like best about having an iPad? Um, that I can do my own stuff on it. You can do your own stuff? You yeah. don't have to share? Yeah, and I don't have to share with anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> why did you get this? What was the birthday? What? what? What was your birthday? How old did you turn when you got this? Nine. Nine years old. So you're wow. nine years old and you already have your own iPad. Yep. Yep. So you want to go in the other room and play that or you want to say, talk a little bit more? Mm, I don't care which one I do. Okay. 
Did you know I put Bully on there too? Yeah, I saw it. Did you have you played it yet? No. No. Hey, you've played Bully before though, right? Y yes. What, what have you played Bully on? PS3. The PS3. What's Bully about? Um, a kid who gets sent off to this school, and he um, you can make him be good or bad. You can make him be good or bad. Do you usually be good or bad in it? Bad. You're usually bad. In it. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I kind of had a feeling. All right, thanks, bud. What's your favorite games on here? Slither.io. Well, Slither.io because you just got it yesterday, but all time, what, is you think, what do you think your favorite thing to do on the iPad is? Hmm. You don't know? Do, do you like the fact that you have a keyboard that you could plug into this? Yes. Yeah? Would you ever, would, do you ever use that keyboard? Yes. To do what? Play blockheads. To play blockheads with? A keyboard makes that easier? Yeah. Hmm. I haven't seen you kill one of these snakes yet. I kill a lot of them. You kill a lot of them? I'm really on and on. One three hundred is my length. Can you, like, go around a circle in them? Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's pretty cool. All right. Thanks, buddy. So there you go, David. Slither IO is right now the new hotness for coal. Very good. Could you hear him okay? Yeah. <laughs> He's been down a few times when I've recorded the podcast. He's really good about being quiet in the other room as I record. And I yeah. thought, you know what? It, it, this is definitely tech related. He's uh, enjoying himself playing that game, so yeah, I think it's fun. I, I like watching him I, explore different games and stuff. Uh, Bully. I don't know if you saw this news. Bully was it, a game that came out uh, originally on the PS2, and it was a quasi open world game. Same makers from uh, GTA games <clears throat> and Red Dead Redemption a rock star. And do you remember when this game first came out, there was a whole lot of controversy around it because uh, critics thought it was going to be a game about you are a bully. Yeah. And it's actually the opposite. Um, you kind of fight bullies in the game, uh, but it's not just running around punching people. It's got, I think one of the best, I'm going to say soundtracks, even though a lot of it's not music, it's just kind of ambient music mm -hmm. um that is just it just draws you in and you now go was, through an, an entire school year in this game now was this was it actually aimed at being like a kid's version of grand theft auto no it wasn't huh? it, it was just another game it, it right. had nothing to do with grand theft auto there was about the only inspiration it really took was some of the graphics and mechanics were similar and you can kind of go where you wanted to but there were definite rules. You couldn't, for instance, there was no robbing or killing or anything like that. Uh, you could throw like a rock at someone, but if they saw you, you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. If you're not in class when you're supposed to, the hall monitors would snitch you, would snatch you up and take you to the principal's office or your class. If you were in class, there was things that you had to do. There were it's mini games, and the better you did, the better your skills got. Um, and there was this, there's a kid in the game that initially you think is your buddy, but he turns out he's the bad guy in the game. Mm -hmm. And I loved this game when it first came out. I played this game like you would not believe. And they've come out with anniversary editions and special editions of this game and nauseam. You know, it, it there was a, <clears throat> I don't remember if there's any. I know there wasn't any uh, DLC for it because it was originally PS2 and there was no DLC ever for PS2. 
but I think they came out with uh, a version for the PS3 and the Xbox 360, kind of a upgraded graphics version. And then they came out. Maybe this came out with PS3 originally. I don't remember. No, I think it was originally, originally was a PlayStation 2 game, and then the remaster was for the Xbox and the Wii and the Windows, and then it's come out on the PS4, and then no, this is the iOS latest. and Android. I've got it on my iPad. I eventually want to at least check it out to see if the controls are good. I, I kind of have a feeling it is. Rockstar seems to do a pretty good job when they port their game. Did you uh, run out of batteries? You want to play Mom's iPad? It's up to you. It's plugged in, ready to go. Does it still have the same game on it? It doesn't have Slither I.O. on there, but you can play other games. I know, but it's not on there right now, dude. Do you want your iPhone? And, uh... You don't, you don't want this? All right. He's he's very upset because his iPad just ran out of batteries. You can hear him. <laughs> yeah. He was way into playing Slither.io, and then the battery died. So he's going to be upset. Um, anyways, it, it, it was a fun game. I think it's going to translate really well. Rockstar's done a pretty good job of making the controls on their iOS ports and Android ports, ports very tight. Very responsive, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to maybe getting back into the game. I don't know. It's, it has it, it's uh, has MFI support, mm. so if you want to use a controller with it, you can. You, can. you don't. I never yeah. do, because if I'm going to go to that extreme, I'm just going to pull it up. Because uh, I I got it for free as a free download on I think the PS3. It was one of the free games of the month a while back, so I've got it. I can I could play it any time. Yeah, this is one of those games where most of the people criticizing it were criticizing it before it even came out. Yeah, because they they saw the name and they assumed, oh, it's a game where you play being a bully. Yes, and in fact, uh, in fact, I seem to remember that some of the original commentary had you being a bully in like a juvenile hall or something like this is what people thought it was going to be. And Rockstar at the time, I, I clearly remember them being interviewed about this and saying, look, we haven't finished the game yet. Judge it when it's done. Sure enough, when it's done, it turned out to be a very different game from what people were assuming it was going to be. But of course, that <laughs> that didn't stop all the, um, you know, the uh, Family Association of America and um, the Church Council type people going on the media and saying games are bad and this game is particularly bad and it should be banned. Yep. Yeah. And it did extremely. This is one of those games that people have been kind of clamoring for for many, many years, over a decade now wanting a sequel and i'm kind of surprised rockstar never gave it to him unless that was the story they wanted to tell they told that story in the game and that's the game yeah i, I kind of respect that too if i mean it's it's a really good game it's really fun and if you if you don't have anything else to creatively do with it then leave it be update it for newer platforms so you know new generations can experience it and play it but there's no need to make a part two if 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 there isn't a good reason to, other than a cash grab. Well, unfortunately, that is the reason for a lot of people a lot of the times nowadays is, well, it made money, so we've got to do more like that. Yeah, but sometimes I do want another game. I, I would have loved another bully, and I'd buy it immediately if it came out. Yeah. But I'm okay that there isn't another one. Red mm -hmm. Dead Redemption, however, uh, from Rockstar, open world Old West game, I totally wanted a different game after I got done playing it. Yeah. And I wanted it for the next generation of consoles, which now is here, Xbox One and uh, PS4. 
But speaking of games, you put a link in the show notes that is a little disappointing. Yeah, uh, very disappointing. I think all of us, David, are looking, or at least we're looking forward to Super Mario Run, Nintendo's first real game on iOS. Now, some people would point at Pokemon Go, but... <clears throat> well, that's it's a, not Pokemon really. Go is from the Pokemon Company. It's not right. from Nintendo. Um, and, um, yeah, that's a different kind of thing. This is This is taking first-run Nintendo properties. This has been designed by... Shigeru Miyamoto and his team, who is Mr. Mario. Yep. This is the first time that Nintendo has taken Nintendo approach and Nintendo stuff and brought it to mobile gaming. So this is a big deal. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, the kind of the pre-release hype is starting to build up. It's due out, um, I think next week, is it? The end yeah. of next week, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think the same um, day Rogue One starts. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and it gives you something to do while you're queuing up for yep, tickets. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that excited people about this is um, the fact that when it was announced, it was announced when uh, Apple did their iPhone event earlier on this year, um, and uh, Nintendo came up on the stage, is they made it very clear at that time that this would be a pay once and you bought it title. Yep. Um, so you can you know, download not- it for free, play it for free, and if you like it, then you can. Buy it. You just buy it. One in-app purchase, no downloadable, well, downloadable content maybe, but no freemium mechanics, which is the sort of things that basically everybody does in games now because apparently that's the only way to make money in the App Store. So uh, Nintendo said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to nickel and dime you for playing this game. You pay one price, and it'll be a hefty price by iOS standards, but compared to the price of a Mario Kart cartridge for a 3DS, it's a bargain. Uh, And um, there you go. So... Making that statement brings some assumptions. And one of the assumptions is you won't need to be online to play it because most of these freemium games, you need to be online to play because effectively you're always hooked into their servers and they want to push new events and new downloadable content to you. However, it's come out today that Nintendo, in fact, have announced that, um, oh, no, you will need to be online to play Super Mario Run. And if if you're offline, no play, which for a game with a pretty simple play mechanic and uh, a large upfront price is extremely disappointing. I'm... I'm not surprised. It seems like Nintendo has the best ideas when it comes to video games. In both consoles... And look, we look back at the Wii. It was so innovative. It just yeah. was. Um, the GameCube was a good game platform. It was just competing with a juggernaut called the PS2, and it really had no chance. Um, the Wii U, I think, was should have been a home run uh the next one i don't know it it looks kind of cool you take your games with you it's high def yeah that there are i i think i think nintendo's ability to slug it out with the um rest of the console market is hampered in somewhat by the fact that they are always behind the curve in performance um and they make up for that in other ways and you know these innovative approaches to their hardware and functionality is definitely one way of doing that. But as we've seen many times, sometimes being being different is enough to kill you, whether you're whether you're better or whether you're as good as the competitors or not. Yep. Um, I think that's up in the air. I certainly think the Wii U was extremely innovative, but um, did not 
did not really hit it wasn't really a good hit and one of the reasons for that was the software available for it wasn't great um and the quantity of software available for it wasn't great um the 3ds you know kind of started as a slow burn but then has, has turned into being a success but you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with the 3ds going forward because they're not talking about a replacement for it at this stage but um look I think well, you and I have talked for years about how Nintendo need to do exactly what they're doing now, yeah. which is bring their first-run properties with the first-run design teams to uh, the mobile platforms. And this is what they're doing. However, they've, they've got this requirement, which kind of flies in the face of their previous statement. I think it's not, not unfair to say that, that this is a surprise to people who'd made that assumption I talked about, that uh, it's a premium game, you pay a premium price, there's no reason for it to be online. Um, what bothers me about this is that the, the, ex- the, the explanation, I'm, I, I'm not going to use the word excuses because that's, that's probably unfair, the explanation they've given for, um, for, these, for, for, the, for this requirement is extremely wishy-washy. It's weak sauce. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, for the, for the, the, the play experience and making sure that the game is clean and, and is a good experience and there's no piracy and that sort of thing, we need to have it online. And then they talk about some of the game modes are, are linked to each other and we need to go through a server to do that. So, um, even though that's it's local. Was online. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, so you, I mean, all of those things are, you know, not things that hamper their games on their own platforms. The 3DS will quite happily play offline a, a, a Mario game without having these requirements. So, look, I know, and you know, exactly why this game has to be online. It's because the, Nintendo is, this is a big deal for Nintendo, and they really want as much metrics as possible about who plays this game, how they play this game, when they play this game, how much they play this game. Because effectively this is this is information that's going to help them decide on the strategy for the company going forward if this is a big hit you can expect to see more of this and maybe they will invest less in their own um, portable platforms going forward if this is a miss or it has kind of that pokemon go kind of bright burn and then a kind of a, a a steep dive off then they're going to want to know that because they'll know that it's it's not going to be something they can build their business on so I, you know what? I really don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is them not just coming out and saying that. I think they should come out and say, look, this is new for us. We need as much data as possible. We will tune the game experience and everything based on the feedback we get from that stuff. But to get that feedback, we need to have the, the games online when you're playing them. Just say it. Don't fluff it up and try and make it sound like they're doing us a favor. Uh, I don't like the fact us- that somebody can't just jump on an airplane for six hours to fly somewhere and you can't play this game unless you of course pay for the super expensive wi-fi in on the aircraft uh, why can't uh, i just uh, play my own games uh, i suggest i'd i'd suggest the reason for that is that they're one of their initial design concepts is this is a an, an effectively in a mario endless runner this is something that people it's are going to not pick really up an interest in endless runner because you can go backwards and stuff in this game i saw yeah, the but, game play yeah, it looks it, like a real mario game it doesn't look like an endless runner it's not it's a it's, platformer 
it's a mix between an endless runner and platformer because you only have one control. You can you only basically can control how Mario jumps and moves. Everything that moves you around the screen is actually already there on the screen. In fact, some of the um, first run comments, like commentaries on people who've seen the demo version that you can get in the Apple stores um, at the moment, have said, you know, it's not really a lot. Of, a lot of these guys are big kind of Super Mario guys, and they go, oh well, I. I struggled to adjust to it because i couldn't explore the screen the way i wanted i it bothered me that i was running past coins that i couldn't go back and get and all of this sort of thing it's a it's a meld of a, of a platformer and an endless runner and clearly nintendo have decided at some point during the design process that this is a pick up and play game it's not something you you sit down and say now i'm going to play super mario run and i'm going to devote an hour to it people might do that but i think they're thinking oh this is a game that people just pull out and play when they're in a queue or when they've got a, f- uh, a few minutes of free time or when they're waiting for someone to come back from the bathroom or when they're on the bathroom uh, and um they're because of that they're thinking well most of those times they'll be connected so we can just have the connection i don't i think you're you're the reason you're disappointed about the plane thing is because they've they've not thought somebody's going to love this game so much they're going to want to sit down and play through it for six hours straight True, um, and and as I say, I don't have a problem with those design decisions, but just come out and say them. Don't dress them up with some pseudo um, gameplay voodoo bull, which kind of makes out well. We decided to do this for your benefit to give you a good experience. It's just like just be honest. Yep. Just say we need to know what people are doing. This is new for us. We need the metrics. Everyone would then right. go, okay, I don't care. Or they would go, okay, I don't like that, and they wouldn't play it. Fine. So you'd lose a few players. It's not going to substantially affect the game. But what it does when you – we're not stupid. I'm sick of companies treating us like we're stupid. Customers, consumers are not stupid. We know all these marketing tricks. We know all of these things we do. We know when we're being played. So just tell us what you want to do and why you want to do it. And then everybody knows where they are. I don't know. Do you think that's real true, though? Do you think, think the average Joe Blow that downloads a scan to a smartphone is thinking about, oh, it has to always be connected? Thus, that's why is no, it always, not, I don't think people not, think that at not, all. They're not thinking about that. They don't care. But right. when, when, they, when they will care about it is well, the first time they try and play it when they haven't got an internet connection and it doesn't work. Then they're going to care about it plenty. Mm, yeah? I think they'll be like, oh. I guess I can't play this while I'm. No, they're going to oh, go. Well, Why is this? this it, it depends how it deals with it, but they're, they're going to go. Oh, this is broken. I don't understand this. I think the vast majority of people don't care. The ninety percent, and we're only going I, to hear say, from the the ten percent squeaky wheels that you know demand it. It it plays on every device that they own. That it it. You I. Know, as I say, I don't think anybody cares until it stops working. Then they care plenty, and they, they're they not going to understand why. So it'll they're pop up. Go, it'll, you know it's going to pop up and say, I'm sorry, you must be connected to the Internet to play this game. But then everyone – but I, I think people are then going to go, hang on a minute, I paid 10 bucks for this game or whatever. You know, Maybe. Think, we'll, it, we'll find yeah. out. I mean, it, yeah. it, the, it, initially this game is going to be a huge success. It's just going to be a monster. It'll be the number one grossing app for the next two months. What's going to be telling is next spring, how many people are still playing this and what the reputation it has. Is it, it was a fun game, but for whatever reason, I don't like to play it. Whether it's, 
it's shallow, whether it doesn't control well uh, because I can't go back, I can't go after the coins that I just saw that I missed, or because I have to always be connected. Or will it still be a big hit? It's not going to be the monster hit that it will be the end of this month, of course. N- nothing ever is. That Nothing's that sustainable. But what's the reputation come spring? Is it still a big game? Is it still loved by people? Is people clamoring for new levels? Are they clamoring for Super Mario Run 2 or Donkey Kong Run or whatever comes next? Or are they disappointed? So I don't know. We'll, we'll find yeah, out in problem- a few months problem is the one metric that nintendo will not get from this game is how many people play it when it when they're not connected to the internet because they're not going to be able to well they'll be able Uh, to see that they could capture that someone launched the game and it wouldn't connect so they could get that diagnostic information that could be sent the next time it is connected oh this person this many people tried to play when it was offline and and they weren't unsuccessful we don't know whether they're going to capture or measure that metric. Of course they are. So, if, they, if if it's requiring ooh. them to be connected at all time, they're pulling every single metric that Apple's going to allow I, them to pull. I don't. I don't know. You can't. You can I know, One thing I know from developing um, metric indicators with suppliers is that very often they have a fixed viewpoint about the sort of metrics they need to build in. And when you say, "Oh, well, what about this?" they go, "Oh, why would you need that?" Yeah, and then you have to explain it to them, and then then sometimes they go, uh, "Oh yeah, well oh, we understand why you need that." Other times they try and argue out of it. I have I have this all the time in my job. We sit down and we say, "Okay, we've looked at the metrics you're offering us, um, and there seem to be some missing." And you go through them and you say, "I need to know this, this, and this." And he immediately goes, "Why would you want that?" And it's like, "Well, be- well, for a start, I'm the customer, so I tell you what I want. You deliver what I want. That's the way it works." And secondly, you then explain why. And then, oh, well, we didn't realize. Oh, uh, oh well, or, or sometimes, very often you get, well, okay, we don't quite understand, but if you want it, you want it. I, I don't think you, when you're setting metrics, you can never assume that the person who's written the metric system actually has the same mindset as you. Well, we'll find out. Let's, yeah. let's, let's wait and see. I'm, I am still looking forward to the game. Um, yeah. I, I will yeah, probably the- buy the DLC immediately to unlock the whole thing. I think my kids will like playing it, and quite honestly, I'm not traveling the way I used to, so having an always-on connection is just, we're, if you're on an iPad like, for instance, Cole, well, before the battery died a few minutes ago, um, it's always connected to the internet. It always I don't, is. I don't, yeah, I don't know whether, um, whether this game will run on the iPad. Everything I've seen so far says it's uh, iPhone only. iPhone only, or do they specify? Uh, I I was under the impression, I'd have to go back and check, but I was under the impression that it only runs on the iPhone. Let me see, Mario Go iPad. You can play, no. Um, Mario's coming to the iPhone and iPad. Oh, it is, right, okay. So, well, well, we got a week to go, so we'll see. By the time we record the next episode, uh, we probably have both played it by then yeah. <laughs> speaking of which we're probably going to record later next week um maybe we'll have to see i mean look the day we re- usually record that's the day that star wars rebels or star wars rogue one comes out mm-hmm. and this game's going to come out and it, it's I- i'm going to want to do those things before <laughs> we record <laughs> Really? Yeah. Screw you! So maybe Sunday. <laughs> maybe next Sunday we'll record. 
So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, Dave and I will be right back with some feedback from John Nemo at MyMac. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 282 with Tim Robertson and David Cohen. We want to thank our sponsor, MacSales.com. They do still have their holiday uh, sale going on, David. And I was kind of looking up here. They've got this cool car dash cam. It it kind of looks like a rear view mirror. Uh, it, you can stick it to your window and you, re- you can record your entire drive um, in HD, 1080p. It has a 2.7-inch high-res LCD screen. I'm trying to think when I would really need this, though. It sounds cool, and it's only 27 bucks, Regular 100 bucks. I mean, that's a good savings. But So I, I run a dash cam, mm-hmm. um, and the reason is is somebody hits me. I've got evidence of what happened. So that's, that's the reason you run them, is basically so that uh, if there's any problem that goes on in your car, you have a, a good chance of having some evidence of what happened. Yep. Which 27 bucks with, is cheap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mine is just constantly running, and I have a, a card in there, and basically when it fills up, it just deletes the oldest video and keeps going. So I always have about a day, day and a half of driving video on there. And, um, yeah, if there's a problem, you know, you get in a road rage incident or um, – you know, you get stopped by the police, and the police accidentally shoot you for no reason. Then you've got some evidence of what happened. Well, we're white guys, so that's probably not going to happen to us. Let's be honest. <laughs> sadly, that is true. It is sadly. Yeah, I'm not saying. So. Yeah, we want we want equality. We want to get shot as much as everyone else. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of good stuff up here right now, man. I'm I'm just looking through the list, trying to think. Okay, what can we talk about? The problem is there's so much. It's like, well, that's worth it. That's that's a good price. That's a. It, it's almost too much. It's it's almost mm-hmm. too much of a good thing. OWCMaxSales.com. Stop having so much good stuff up here for sale because I can't pick what I want to talk about. <laughs> we did talk about the uh, the problem that eBay and Amazon's having with the uh, counterfeit Apple cables. We we've, talk- we've talked we've talked about counterfeit stuff on Amazon before. Um, I don't think we specifically talk about counterfeit cables. Well, um, I do know that it's a huge problem on both Amazon and eBay that companies have these these faux lightning cables, for instance, yeah. that are junk and are fire hazard. I, I had one today. A colleague came in this morning. She said to me. She said uh, she we had it was the it was the company Christmas um, party last night. I didn't go myself because I was traveling back from somewhere. But she was she was out last night. She stayed in the hotel. She came in this morning. She said um, I can't get my phone to charge. It will only charge in the car. It won't charge off off the wall charger, and it won't charge off my laptop. And I took one look at the cable. And I said, "This isn't an official cable, is it?" She went, "No." I said, "This is the problem with them. Sometimes yep. they don't just stop working, but they, they just don't work." work. Key, mm-hmm. you know, they'll work in some place, or sometimes they'll work just when you plug it in the right way, or you plug it into one type of wall charger but not another, or if you plug it into one port in your laptop but not the other one, they work fine. Sometimes they will they will charge your uh, iPhone, but uh, but they won't um, sync it. 
Or sometimes they'll sink it, but they won't charge it. I see or these uh, little baskets at gas stations or petrol stations, yeah. if you will, and it'll just be full of multicolored, which appear to be lightning cables, and they're $5.99. And I've never bought one because I always thought, you know, they're junk. You know, they're yeah. they're just some cheap knockoff. Half of and, them and probably don't work. And, and what do you do? Take it back to the gas station? This doesn't work? Let's Let's not... Let's not remember, let's not forget. I mean, micro USB cables, which are used with uh, Android phones and everything as well. With all this smart charge technology there is now, they are, it's just important to get a decent one. Yep. Well, if you uh, want then, a decent lightning cable right now, uh, our sponsor MacSales.com has Apple lightning cables, genuine Apple brand for nine seventy five. That's half off. The regular twenty bucks. Uh, so yep. if you want to make sure you're getting a cable that's going to work correctly it's actually going to charge your phone or your ipad that's more, where you want to go most importantly somebody you can go back to and if it, if you have a problem will stand by the product and won't go oh well that's just what they sent me which is a, what, a lot of what of people on amazon and ebay do they'll go well i just i just bought it in for somebody else and you know i bought 200 of them i didn't know that some of them were fake right you know, exactly. you're not going to get any of that with Max Sales. They stand beside their stuff, and you know what? There's a problem. They'll just send you another one. So we want to thank uh, MaxSales.com. We'll put a link in once again to the specials page. Um, if you're interested in this lightning cable for less than ten bucks, or maybe even that Wicked HD dashboard cam with a 2.7 inch display and night vision, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Follow the link from TechFan.com or MyMac.com. Make sure you follow it from the show notes. It's going to be episode 282, and we would appreciate it. We do love feedback, David, and we were a little bit remiss last week. We didn't get into any feedback, really, other than uh, Donnie uh, talking about your... No, no, I guess we did do some last week, didn't we? We did, we did, yeah, we did. Yeah. Don, Donnie's comments on the Retro Challenge. That's right. Well, one of the ones that we didn't get to was one from John Nemo. Now, he actually recorded an interview... Uh, for us, for tech fan, but darned if I could find it in my email box. I, I, I cannot well, find it. I know he sent we'll me the file because I started listening to it. I didn't finish it. I kept meaning to put it in the show, but I, I have a co I have a copy somewhere as well, but it, not on the computer that I'm in front of now. So we'll sort that out, and then we'll we'll get it in the show uh, at some point over the next week or two. But he did send in some feedback uh, talking about episode two seventy nine now. Remember, we were talking about cars quite a bit on that episode. Yeah. Do you want mm -hmm. to read his feedback? Uh, you know what? I should have anticipated you were going to answer that and bring the uh, show notes up again because they are. I can, but I have to put on my glasses. <laughs> I can see it, but I can't really read it without my reading glasses on. It's it's the, okay. I've got them now. Okay. So you start, and then I'll pick up. Yeah. He says, "Really enjoyed your extended and informed discussion on show two seven nine. Miss Nemo and I have had several autos during our long time together, both new and used. The best car we've ever owned has been dealer new, well-maintained, and driven forever. Cole's getting his iPad back. Um, mm -hmm. We'll see how much of a charge it has. It's only been charging for like 15 minutes. Uh, our Toyota Camry wagon endured Chicago winters and Arizona summers, plus many cross-country trips before we sold it to a Tucson fixer-upper way past 100,000 mile. Um, you know what? That's not surprising to me now that I'm actually selling Toyotas. 
Yeah. I see them all the time at, uh, you know, half a million miles and they're still going strong, but people just want something new. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. So he also says, Barbie bought, that's his wife, uh, bought a 2001 VW New Beetle that I now use for work. It's going strong 15 years later as it approaches 100,000 on the dial. Limited mileage recently, but still a great car, although the bright green finish has faded slightly, as have we. <laughs> it, was also, it also was a splendid road vehicle on long trips, solid and stable. Her 2008 Prius passed the Beetle and is now into its second 100,000 miles. Still performs perfectly, averaging close to 50 miles per gallon on our many long trips on the, in the USA West. Yep. The, the only question not discussed, you can perhaps offer some insights on this, Tim, um, is also extended warranties, either dealer or third party. I expect you two have plenty to say about warranties also. Thanks, John Nemo. Um, yeah, I... Some people don't like the thought of buying an extra warranty, and that's not what I do. That's By the time you've already decided you're going to buy a vehicle and I've turned you over to the finance manager so you can you know, work out you know, how you're going to pay for the vehicle, uh, that's the person who will bring up extended warranties. And I have to say, nowadays, David, there's really nothing you personally can do to fix a car. You, you have to take yeah. it into a, 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 a dealership or a garage. However... Even if they can fix it for you, there's so much electronics on that car, and not a stitch of it is inexpensive. Mm. I mean, think about the huge displays on cars nowadays. Now, imagine one of those displays going out, and your warranty's expired. How much is that display going to cost you? It's, yep. it's going to be astronomical, probably. Now, thankfully, they don't break down that often. I mean, it's they're really, really dependable. But things happen. Yep. You could be in an well, accident and... and yeah. uh, your church kind of doesn't cover, you know, it, it damages something, but it's not reported right away, or it damages it, in a, so it kind of breaks down two months later. Can you prove that it was because of the accident, or did this electronics just happen to go out then? Yeah. So there's reasons to have an extended warranty. I have, um, I've had several used cars, and I've had different levels of warranty on them. Sometimes I had manufacturer warranty. Sometimes I had the approved used war warranty from the from the dealer who sold me the car. They basically guaranteed the car for a couple of years. But the problem that even even then is that, um, you know, you you have to. As you say, you have to prove that the work you need doing is warrantable. Yep. Uh, and if you don't take the car in straight away and do that, then you may have an issue. You also have to be very careful that the um, the car has been maintained to, to to what you agreed to when you signed up for the warranty. Mm -hmm. um, so those things can catch you out as well. So the, the, what I'd say is, if you're going to go down the warranty route, if that what's if the, I mean, it's, it, it's if effectively you're talking insurance. It's insurance on the car against maintenance problems. So you've got to, you, you know, you're you're rolling the dice with that if you don't buy one. And it's the same as with, you know, anything else you buy that's expensive. You just have to accept that if you get it wrong, you're going to have to pay. But don't kid yourself that anything other than an oil change on a on a car is cheap. Yep, even absolutely. tires, even tires nowadays. If oh, you want to replace tires. it with the same tire, I mean, the, this new car I've got has got run flats on it, and I know full well that um, if I have to replace a tire, if I even get a you know a nick or a crack or anything like that, and it which doesn't actually deflate the tire, it's a whole new tire replacement, and I'm looking at serious money. And that's just the, one of the things I think manufacturers have done nowadays. The price of cars have 
continue to fall year on year, but the price of parts and, and labor on the cars has gone up and up. And the reason for that is that it, you know, the reason it's, it's a little bit the Gillette model. The cars are cheaper. No, but, no, that's not it. It's you know, because so many governments now mandate so many new st- safety features in these cars, so much emissions control that it just, those things are not inexpensive to develop and then maintain. I mean, uh, Every car in the United States within the next couple of years is going to require a backup camera, which means a camera, which means a computer that controls it, which means uh, a large enough display to be able to use it. Those are not cheap things, (laughs) you know, you know, side impact airbags, lane departure alerts, um, radar cruise control. All these things take cameras and sensors and none of it is cheap. So yeah. I, I disagree with your Gillette model. I think that might be true with some things. I don't think it's true with most of the cars that are out there nowadays. And that's probably but, because I work in the industry and I can see it. Well, so, yeah, what I, mean, what I mean by that is that is that the cars are not designed to be easily maintainable. And so parts well, not by you, but they are oh, by... No. Yeah, but but that but that means parts and servicing is expensive. So you pay a lower price at the start, and the things are much more reliable than they used to be. Yep. But when things go wrong and you've got to pay for that work, it's going to be expensive. Yep. So an extended warranty is probably a good idea. I mean, if, if you if you're I'm buying s- a brand new car, I think an extended warranty is probably. Unless it's you know fifty thousand dollars, it's what's probably the sta- worth what's it. What's the standard warranty on on the cars you sell? Is it five years or three? Three. See here in the here in the UK, I think they with Toyotas it might be five. Um, well, there's different levels certain, of warranty too. There's you also, also powertrain. You also have to decide um, exactly. You know, you have to decide what you're going to do. If you if you're going to if you're going to lease a car and then three years going to hand it back, you probably don't then the manu- manufacturer's warranty is fine. <clears throat> but if you if you're planning to to buy a car and then you're going to run it. Like like John did with his hundred thousand, two hundred thousand miles, then the warranties are worth paying for because, for a good chunk of the life of that car, you're going to get some coverage for maintenance. Yep. Um, yeah, and uh, you know there will come a time when you just can't buy a warranty for it anymore. Um, but the other thing as well is that if you have a warranty and the stuff is covered, you're going to get the maintenance done straight away rather than wait until your next paycheck or wait until you've, you've got some cash in the bank. Um, and um, unfortunately, with a, with some faults, you actually make them worse by not by not dealing with them straight away. You know, it's, it's like, um, what's his name? Penny on the Big Bang Theory. He's always got the check engine light on her car. It drives... Right drives the uh, the other guys mad because they're going well you need to get she, she goes well it's always on and it never the car still, still runs it's fine <laughs> well the the flip side of that too is even if you know you're going to eventually sell the car before that warranty expires you'll get more because almost every extended warranty is transferable with a purchase with you know when you sell the car to to the next buyer um you're going to get more for your your car if it's got a warranty on it if you've got two five-year-old cars one has two years left on extended warranty and the other one has no warranty at all are you willing to pay a little bit more for the one with the two-year warranty i would be yeah so now you know yeah it it, also i think it does come down to how valuable the car is to you to some people cars are just a tool um and they invest nothing in the car in terms of how they feel about it or how it they it makes them feel it's just a thing they run and and you know they will live with the dints and the dings and the maintenance issues and maybe the hole in the muffler and stuff like that until 
they get around to getting it fixed and that's that's also absolutely fine if that's if that's how you feel and and you you know you're just going to take take the knocks that come with running a car but you just got to be aware that if you go out and buy a modern car and something serious goes wrong with it um you're talking bitcoin yeah it's going to cost you a lot of money uh, what what did we ever talk too much about our real older cars stories no, about I don't cars think we did. i don't think we did what was your favorite car that you've ever owned and I don't well, mean reliability. I mean, what was your favorite car to have? Do you do you have one? I've had a lot of cars. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, Most of mine. Have so been I mean, <laughs> I, ha- I I I mean, obviously, I have a real soft spot for my first car because yeah. it was my first car. Absolutely. Um, and that was probably the car that I did the most on. I made the most changes to or put a new stereo in, and you know, I dealt with all of its foibles myself because I was a student at the time and I had to, you know. So. Um, mechanical problems it had with it all the oil changes i did myself um you know leaks and and cracks and holes and stuff like that you I learn about cars a lot when yeah. you work on them yourself yeah. um and you know it was what a, was it it was a a ford cortina which is um which was a very very big selling model here um it was kind of like a four-door uh sedan mm-hmm. uh, but my one had was was quite well it was had about 90,000 miles when i bought it it was quite well specified for for a a, a car for somebody of my age at that time it had uh auto gearbox and a two lease engine which was quite powerful by uk standards at the time i know that's probably nothing for a for an american car but but you know this, this was kind of kind of a kind of big powerful comfortable car for a first car yeah um, for, for somebody in the uk uh and i had that for three years until uh, it got stolen and set on fire too, and nice. that was the end of that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think I th- I'd say probably the car that I that kind of made me feel, you know, kind of gave me the most pride was what I would say my first proper car. I bought a car that was um, about three or four years old, and it was the first kind of big car I had with kind of power windows and power steering, and kind of really felt like a nice car. Um, and that was a, that was a French car. It was a Citroen car called a Citroen Zantia. I remember it had um, it had air suspension, which again was kind of a French quirk at the time. So you could actually um, move the car up and down with a switch inside the car. Um, you know, you could raise the suspension up if you're on rough ground and stuff like that, which is kind of a weird thing for a saloon to have to do or a hatchback to have to do, but you could do it. Um, and again, yeah, that was a nice car. Um, but that was the first car I had where I had a lot of engineering problems with it because french cars aren't terribly reliable yeah um and um basically the engine control unit stopped working um and i took it back to the dealer i bought it from and it took them two and a half months to fix it wow and, and That's i didn't a long i didn't time. yeah i be, basically because they weren't a specialist in that that brand of car and I think they kept on trying things. And I think it was it was ridiculous. The car basically what would happen is you would start it and then you would um, pull away, and then as soon as you lifted your foot off the gas, it would it would stop. And so you know it wasn't hard to diag- to, to see that there was a problem here. Um, and I, the garage concerned they were a Volkswagen garage. I remember they would call me up and they would say we fixed it. And, and I was driving all of their cars because every time I said, look, it's not my fault. It doesn't work. You need to keep me mobile. Um, so I, I would go back and I would start it up and I would pull away and then lift off the off the accelerator. It would immediately stall. I'd go back in and say, no, it's still the same as it was before. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah, they they had to replace the engine management unit on it. And I think the reason they kept on not doing it was because it was really expensive. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and so that kind of un- underscores the tale, really. So if I'd have had to do that myself, um, then obviously, yeah, I w- it would have had to. It would have been a big expense. And I know several people who've put off the the kind. Of, you know, most cars are about sixty, seventy thousand miles. They have to have a big service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that big service is because you normally have to replace the timing belt. Um, yep. which, which keeps the uh, you know the cam in line, and if you don't do that, and the timing belt breaks, then you destroy the engine. So it's pretty important. Right. But because it's so expensive, a lot of people put it off and put it off, and then the belt breaks, and then they've lost their engine. So you know these those, and unfortunately, those are the sort of things you don't get covered on a warranty, even if uh, you know uh, because that's that's avoiding preventable maintenance. So mine was uh, I've had a lot. I'm- I loved all my early cars, and they were all junk. I mean, I, I never had a, a really nice car growing up, never. I couldn't afford one, and my parents didn't have any money, so they gave me my first car, but that was the extent of automobiles from my parents. My <laughs> funniest car that I've ever had, and the one that scared me the most, was probably a, a 1972 Buick Skylark. Um, <laughs> when you hear Buick Skylark, you're probably thinking of a big car. It wasn't. It was a fastback type of car, uh, kind of I, like a, kind of like a Cutlass or a Mustang, uh, seventy two. If, if you Google it, you'll see exactly what it looked like. Was that that the one that kind of looked a little bit like a a mix of a car and a van? No, no, no. I'm thinking of something else. Yes, just you. you yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking now. Nineteen seventy two Buick uh, Skylark. You got it. Yep. So that was that was not my first car. My first car was a 1970 Delta 88, which I liked because it was the same year as I was born. But sorry, I, I, I don't know what I'm looking at. These cars. Are you saying this was not a big car? These all look like big cars to me. All right, did you Google it? Yeah. Let me see. Buick these things look like Skylark. these things look like the sort of thing Starsky and Hutch used to go around in. Yeah, kinda. I don't consider that a big car though. <laughs> yeah, there's the American versus English thing right there. Right. <laughs> these things yeah. aren't. Boats compared to what we tried. If you click, <laughs> if you just look, well, let me, 1972 Buick Skylark and go to pictures or, you know, uh, yeah, images, yeah, images on that, That's what I'm on, yeah. Okay. That's what if I'm you, on. Yeah. If you, the very first one, the red one that it shows. Red one, yep. Um, other that's than the Wikipedia. color, that's pretty much exactly what mine looked like. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of space inside, but the thing looks like it has a, 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 a bonnet that's about... Uh, Six foot long. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that's a big car. Okay, I don't. I mean, it wasn't a four door sedan. It no, wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a great big boat. It was a muscle car. Mm-hmm. So I had up to that point. I, I was driving this Pontiac Grand Am. That <clears throat> I love that Pontiac Grand Am. When you're inside the car, it, it looked like it was brand new. Hey Cole, will you go get me one of these, please. Thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, he's upset because the iPad died on him again. He doesn't right. understand. You gotta let it charge for a while. Right. Uh, so he, I love that car. And unfortunately, the engine just completely died in that Grand Prix, and I had to buy something else. So I mm-hmm. talked to my dad. I said, "Hey, do you know anybody selling a car?" You know, I was all of maybe seventeen, eighteen at the time, uh, still in high school. I think I was in my senior year of high school. So I would have been 18. 
And I I didn't really care what it was, but I didn't want I didn't want like a VW Beetle or something like that. I didn't want some European thing. I wanted some heavy duty American muscle because that was my personality. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And so he asked Ronnie, he said, Well, there's a lady uh, named Dorothy that works in the office here. She says she's selling her, her son's old Buick. Now, when I hear old Buick, I'm thinking of, you know, some big boat. Yeah. I said, well, what is she asking? She said, uh, she doesn't know, probably like a hundred bucks. Here's the problem. She lived in Athens, which is 20 miles south of me. And I had no way of getting there because I had no car. So I walked down to where my dad worked and I rode home. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. I Here, would you like to play with my iPhone for a little bit? You do? Okay. Um, you going to play Pokemon Go? Remember, you don't have any of the ball things in there. No, no, choose a different game. You're going to choose a different game? All right, there you go. Be careful that it's not in a case. Don't drop it. So I get down there. They lived out in the country, a uh, rural area. And they are buried in the mud is this 1972 Buick Skylark. And I mean buried in the mud, like it sunk in the mud. Right, right. And her husband was home, and he had an air pig, which is a big container full of compressed air. He used that to blow up the tires. My dad had given me a battery to take with me so I could, you know, actually start the car. So I look at it, and it's this primer gray, the whole car. And there's one seat in the car. And this one seat came out of a Mustang two, one Uh seat on the driver's side. That's it. There's no carpeting. All the plastic on the dash is gone. There's no back seat. There's a thin piece of plywood separating the interior of the car from the inside of the trunk. I mean, this thing is just completely gutted. Yeah. And she says, well, my son, who was a few years in the Marine Corps at that point, left it. It was always in their name, but he used to take it up to a place called Martin 131 Speedway. It's just still there. It's a drag strip, quarter yeah. mile strip. He used to take it up there and race it. Of course, 18 year old Tim's ears perk up when I hear he used to race it. Yeah. So we get this car started and it's kind of loud. I mean, it's, it's an American muscle car. It's a big V8, yeah? Yeah, big V8. It's a Buick 350, which means the distributor was in the front, unlike a Chevy or Oldsmobile when the distributor would be in the back of the motor. Uh-huh. So I kind of limp it as slowly as possible a good mile away from their house. Yeah. And it's got, like, you know, three-year-old gas in it. But it's running fine, it seems. I mean, the engine actually sounded pretty strong. So I get it about a mile away from their house, and I put my foot into it. I turned that car sideways. It was so fast. It, it yep. That car scared me. So I, I drive it back, and I want this car at this point. I'm like, this isn't mine. So I said, how much are you asking? She says, 100 And that's exactly how much money I had. Mm-hmm. Well, do you see a problem? I'm 20 miles south. I've got old gas and not a lot in it, yeah. and I've only got 100 bucks. I could buy it for yeah. 100 but how am I going to get it home? It's never going to make it. So I offer them 80 Mm-hmm. They take 80 bucks for it. I go to the nearest gas station and fill it up with seven bucks because, you know, gas was like yeah. a dollar at that point. And I drove it home and I loved that car. I won so much money in that car. Did uh, you, uh, did you sort the interior out and the seats and all that? Or did you leave it as it was? Well, my, uh, a, a good friend of mine named Troy at the time was always Hank. We were always together, right? He didn't have yep. a car at, at that point. So he, I would always pick him up. 
And at first, <laughs> all I had was a milk jug, a plastic milk jug or a milk crate. And so I, I stuck that on the floor next to me, and he looked like he was a midget sitting. And he was taller than I was, but he looked really short sitting on this milk jug. And within 10 minutes of getting this milk jug in the car, we found this couch uh, on the side of the road someone was throwing out. So we pulled over, and we grabbed all the pillows and everything off this couch and mm-hmm. threw it in the back. So I had some kind of cushion back there. And and Cole, or Cole uh, Troy would try to hold what he could in the the window or the door handle or some of the metal that was on the dash when we were driving. But of course, when I would notice that he wasn't holding on very good, I would gun it and he'd flop into the back seat and curse at me. Yeah. Oh, damn it! What are you doing? Stop it! Uh, eventually, we found another seat. We put it in there. It didn't line up, so we just used two U bolts to put the seat in. Right. And uh, so it was like a rocking chair at that point. It, it, it was the most unsafe thing you could ever possibly I was going to say, it sounds like, sounds like a death trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it absolutely was. Um, I broke the frame in half um, in that car, uh, driving on really actually kind of, well, not quite like today, but pretty snowy, really nasty weather. Uh, I put it in a ditch and the frame broke in half. So I ended up selling it for like 120 bucks to this guy with a Camaro who wanted the motor to put in his because I beat him so many times racing that he yeah. wanted my engine. So I actually made money with that car over time. But yeah. that was one of my favorite cars. I mean, it was so fast. It was so ugly. And anybody listening to this podcast, if you look at the picture for this episode, you will see a picture of my 1972 Buick Skylark. It's kind of a collage that I cobbled together from old Polaroids that I had laying around that I scanned all in, you know, at one time. And that's, that's the only existence or only proof of existence that this car ever had. So, uh, you can't see it yet. Can you, David? Let me see. Let me, I'll do a quick search on my computer. Cause I know it's on here. Buick view. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yep. Yeah, there it is. So I'm going to copy this to my desktop. Copy. Why is it not copying? It doesn't want to copy. Well, I'll just drag it right here into our Skype window, and uh, David gets to see it. Everybody else listening has already seen it because it's the it's the picture for the show. And that is my Buick Skylark right there, David. You got it? Yep, this is coming now. Yep, that's it. And you will notice in that picture, there is only one seat at that point. Yep. This is when I first bought it. <laughs> it was it was a bad car. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. 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 You didn't mention all the rust when you talked about the color. Well, it was a $100 car, Dave, but I, I didn't think I needed to mention that it was full of rust. <laughs> that's kind of implied. <laughs> Which is why the frame broke in half so easily when I put it in a ditch. Yeah, but I'll tell you, this is not a small car. <laughs> For anybody it's not in the States looking at this, this is... Yeah, but look at it. It's about uh, 20 feet long. Yeah, this yeah. is not small. It's uh, small uh, to me. Yeah. I love uh, that car. The, remember, the English version of a small car is a Mini. Well, yeah, but... You'll probably fit a Mini in the trunk of that thing. Yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> So that that's our uh, that's some car stories. Hope you enjoyed that, John. That was for you, buddy. Um, yeah. Let's wrap this episode up of uh, Tech Fan. We invite you guys to send us female female <laughs> feedback. 
Neither David that's or I need another female. Show. That's we a different show. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the geekiest show ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, send us feedback. We love it. Um, the show at techfanpodcast dot com. What? Give us one of your stories about one of your early cars. What do you guys? What, what What was your favorite car and why? You know, don't don't write an entire story like mine. You don't have to make it that long, but. Send us some feedback. If you want to do it audio-wise, we'd love it. Just uh, record it on your iPhone and email it to the show at techfanpodcast.com. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook. We're on both of those places. Just do a search for uh, at techfanpodcast on Twitter and techfanpodcast on Facebook. If you want to, yeah, if, if your name is Elwood and you want to tell us about that time you had to get um, the money in to save the uh, save the orphanage, then, yeah, we're, you know. Wearing sunglasses at night. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the uh, this episode of Tech Fan. We appreciate you guys downloading and listening all the way through. Uh, and again, love feedback and thanks very much to our sponsor, MacSales.com. And David and I will be back next week, hopefully have, having watched Rogue One and played some uh, Mario Run, Super Mario Run, or Mario Run. I think it's Super Mario Run, isn't it? Yeah, Super, Super Mario, Mario Run. Yeah. yeah. See you then, David. See you then.